2019 marked the 37th anniversary of the tragic death of Ozzy Osbourne guitarist Randy Rhodes. At the time, I was trying to think of something special to post, and then I remembered that I had this bootleg of a Randy Rhodes guitar clinic, which was only the second and last one that he would ever give, and I thought that it would be really cool to share it. So instead of just posting the YouTube links, I figured I would dig a little more and do some research into this mysterious holy grail of a recording. I went to the YouTube page and I saw a comment that said, My name is Patrick Pilates. I am the one who recorded this. I was 17 at the time. I still have the original cassette, autograph, and pick he used to play this seminar. I wish I could get credit somehow. Well, I am very honored to have Patrick Pilates right here on the Talk in the Talk with the Great Southern Brain Fart right now. And we're going to hear all about it. So, Patrick, welcome to the show, man. Hey, thank you, Don. I really appreciate you having me. This is quite a story. I mean, you know, you're talking about one of the most holy grail of recordings. I mean, it's one of the it's the only existing thing of Randy Rhodes aside from, you know, a few live bootlegs. I mean, this is like a this is a guitar seminar, you know, that he gave at a music store. Yeah, I mean, it's circulated worldwide for years and your name has never been attached to it. So, was it always kind of a bummer that you didn't get some credit where credit was due as far as like being the person who like captured this what would, you know, later be known as a historical event? Well, I mean, you know, no, because I didn't know about it. Now, as soon, I only found out that it was on the internet probably six or eight years ago. Mm-hmm. And then, and then from then, I was like, well, hey, man, I just I made that tape. What the heck? <laughs> my friend Tony, who was the drummer of my band at the time that I made this, and he actually let me borrow the recorder that I used. You know, he's the one that called me one day and goes, hey, remember that tape we made or you made? And I go, yeah. And he goes, it's all over the internet now on YouTube and stuff. And I and I kind of went back then and looked and I didn't think a whole lot about it. And I was just like, huh, yeah, there it is. And then a few years later, he called and said, dude, you, you kind of made history. He goes, they put that in Guitar Magazine now, all transcribed out and stuff. And I was like, what? So at that point, I, I was like, man, I should get some kind of credit for this. I still have the thing. So that was what was interesting because Guitar World magazine somehow acquired the tape and they did a transcription um, and they they posted, you know, they put it in their magazine or posted it on their website or whatever it was. But you actually told me when we talked before that didn't someone reach out to you and say, oh, like, we'll get back to you. And they never did. Yeah, no, I reached out to the editor of that magazine, mm-hmm. and I actually talked with him on several uh, emails. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, he goes, well, hey, he goes, you got my interest up. He goes, but I'm going on vacation for a couple of weeks, and I'll get back with you when I get back. And then he never got back with me. Because yeah, I was thinking he he might have could have dropped a mention in that magazine that, hey, we found it. Because I asked over half the questions so he could label my name in there. I, it's almost like I did an interview. <laughs> you really did because in listening to that tape, what I loved about it was that there was such this this like youthful excitement because obviously you were seventeen. You know, youthful, it was all youthful exuberance. He actually got annoyed with me. I asked so many questions. He started going, "Anybody in the back?" and looking over my head, <laughs> kind of. And I was like, "Shit! I just pissed off Randy Rhodes." <laughs> well, so. 
Start from the beginning. How did you discover Randy Rhodes in the first place and and leading up to this clinic? Okay, that's easy. Um, well, I, I played in a band. I was a guitar player, and uh, Tony was a drummer. And actually, another guy went with me. I uh, also played in a band as a guitar player. His name was Joe. He went with me. He was a real quiet guy in that. But so, like I had said earlier, I went to the first Aussie show in 81 I I sent you a picture of the stub mm-hmm. 7.95 to get in or something like that and, and uh, I just went on never heard any songs just loved Black Sabbath loved Aussie mm-hmm. went to the show got right up front because it was in a small it was a hockey rink kind of place uh, an arena yeah, right. it was an arena and, uh, so I got right up front and I'm just watching Randy Rhodes play never heard of him never knew him it was like oh my god that guy is amazing amazing doing you know back then that's when hammer-ons were really early into the scene you know even van halen was like still playing backwards and stuff i think to the yeah. crowd so people didn't know what he was doing so it for as a guitar player i was just blown away immediately went and bought the uh the record and studied it and just loved it and wore it out so then you know after that on the, the local rock station i think it's wdbe they kind of announced the concert ozzy was coming and then I don't fully remember where I heard that there was a guitar seminar. It may have been on the radio or at the local uh, music store. I don't remember, but mm-hmm. I just, as soon as I heard it, I was like, I'm going. <laughs> my, I'm young. My mom's like, you have work. You can't go. And, and, and Tony, he wanted to go. The drummer, he couldn't go. So he, I think that might have been why he said, hey, let's record it. And I took his recorder because he couldn't go. And then my friend Joe, he just said, I'm skipping school. And he went with me, so bunch of seventeen-year-olds. We were headed for the first one actually, and we missed it because we, you know, back then you had to have maps, and we were like this little country town and headed to the city. We got lost as shit. <laughs> <laughs> so we, but luckily we made it in time to where we were the first ones in for the second show. Oh, gotcha. So, that's so there how was I got. so there was two in one day. Is that what it was? Or yeah, there was two in one day. Oh, okay, okay. So that's why, like those pictures I sent you, are from both. Some, for, but they were because you had that white jumpsuit on, and it's in that music store. Right. That's how I could, you know, when I looked at when I first talked to you, I looked and I only found three or four. No, actually, I was a little bit longer back. But then after I talked to you, I looked. And now there's like twelve on the internet of of that day that I can you know identify from being there. That's funny because I actually found some myself too, just kind of poking around, and I was like, I'll be damned. Look at that. There it is. <laughs> you know, because you don't yeah. really think to look up like Randy Rhodes Guitar Clinic. You know, you're always looking for like Randy Rhodes, like with Ozzy or on stage, you know? Yeah. Did you see the Paul Gilbert one, which I thought was really cool is Paul Gilbert was there as a young kid. With, with, with the clinic itself, you know, when you were there, obviously you were a fan at that point, you know, and you were a guitar player, you were a young guy, you know, and you're looking at Randy Rhodes and you're thinking like, God, this is, I mean, at that point, was there this kind of feeling of this guy is a fucking God or was it still, this guy's just a really great guitarist. Do you know what I mean? Like, in other words, did he have that kind of power and that kind of stature that he would receive later after his, after his death? I mean, it was just, you know, you were awestruck obviously you'd just be like oh my god he he is so good to watch him do that so effortlessly right in front of you you know mm-hmm. well, you know i don't know if i ever had the, the deity thing but i definitely had you could tell this guy is as good as it gets on a guitar fine show me someone better it was just amazing you know who would have thought that a month later he 
skilled. I couldn't believe it. Randy Rhodes was just that kind of iconic guitarist that like when you heard him, even to this day, like as much music as I listen to, like I hear I hear a lot of great guitar players, you know, doing what I do, you know, running the blog and stuff, but I have never heard anyone that came onto the scene ever and did something that just was so... I mean, with the exception of Cliff Burton from Metallica on the bass, you know, Randy to me was so... He was like the pinnacle of just what a guitar player was supposed to be. And I haven't heard anybody come close since. Yeah, I I agree. I mean... He's what Ingve Malmsteen would be if he would slow down and play nice music. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? I love that. That's so, you know, and it's funny because I'm kind of an Ingve fan, but I do agree. I do. I I love it. I love Ingve. I went to see him, but he just hammered it out so much. He gave himself like super tendonitis in his arm from it. Oh my God. It's like, you can slow down a little bit, buddy. It'll be okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so at the clinic, when you were, when you were just, I assume it was like anything else, you you were either in chairs or sitting on the floor or whatever. No. no, So, um, yeah, we were in chairs and he was on a bar stool Mm -hmm. and I literally, I was in the chair like three feet in front of him when I put the tape deck right between us on the floor. It was one of those little square voice recorders from like the seventies. Oh, I remember those. They had the little handle. Yeah, I didn't have a handle. It was just like a rectangle, and it had the buttons across the front, and then one flipped the deck up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what it was. And I asked the manager, I "Go, hey, can I record this?" And he was like, "No." And then I was looked at him like, must have looked like, what? And then. He goes, well, what do you got with the recorder with? And I just showed him that little thing. He goes, oh, that? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it almost didn't happen, man, from some dickhead at a music store. <laughs> <laughs> so was Randy aware that you were recording? And if so, like, you know, like that afterwards. Almost, I don't even know. I doubt it because I put it there because you heard the beginning of it. He's walking up off from the left, you know, and he was kind of talking to the manager for mm-hmm. a little second. And then he just walked up and he sat down in the bar stool right in front of us. So I don't know if he noticed it or not. I never really acknowledged it. Mm-hmm. That's the scene was it's a, it was a, you know, a decent little room with 40 chairs and, and him and up against the wall with a bunch of equipment behind him. And uh, he played his cream Les Paul and they gave him a little Marshall amp and he just complained about it a bit on there. I think you heard yeah. <laughs> the right sound, but, but we're sitting there thinking, that sounds like angels playing a guitar and you're up there complaining about the stuff. It's like you're Randy Rhodes and you're complaining that it doesn't sound good and you're like, good God, man, you could play through a radio speaker and it would sound great. <laughs> it, was, it was super awesome. So obviously this was on the Diary of a Madman tour, you know, so you're talking height of his career, height of Ozzy's career, packed room, how you know and knowing what we know about randy and and it even comes across in the bootleg of the seminar that you know he's very soft-spoken very shy very like no like zero ego at all um super humble yeah like how how was it you know to like and i'm pretty sure it had to be you at some point that asked him to play the was it you that asked him to play the intro to uh what was the diary of a madman or something like that or somebody asked him to do that and he just and he started and he like broke it down like note for note in the chord and i'm thinking to myself like 
God. Yeah, I could play that song right back then. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, you also told me that he, you learned Crazy Train from Randy Rhodes. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. We asked him all the parts, you know, and then finally it's just like, well, I people would ask him parts and I would just, whatever they missed, I wanted to know. So, like one guy, he really wanted to learn the very last lick of the solo, which he ends up, he said he doesn't even do any more live because he went from the far low f sharp all the way up to the super high one and one big you know right yeah he goes yeah, i don't do that live anymore and it kind of goes like this and he goes over and we all just I'm like yeah I, I remember trying it a million times I'm like i'll never be able to do that <laughs> but the good takeaway was the, the chord progression everybody i i've hardly seen anybody get it quite right it's just an and see it's an a e d but he does it with an a uh, the way how do I describe it? It's like a you know a bar chord, an E position A bar chord. Mm-hmm. Except you don't play any of the three bases. You just use the the triad in the middle, and then you slide down to the E with the with the, the third finger on the bass. Slide it down to the D, and then to the open A. So you ride that open A string all the way through that little progression, and it just yeah, it was beautiful. And then he he did he did it two or three variations of that but that's the main way he played it i can only imagine that the takeaway from that must have just fueled you as a guitar player and just wanted you to just like be a guitar player did you continue to play for years after and do you still play yeah i still play in the 80s i played in a hair band all the way up into the early 90s and then 90s i went into uh alternative band Mm-hmm. So believe it or not, in the 2000s, I ended up playing contemporary Christian rock. Mm-hmm. But now I kind of, I don't play out. I don't play out, but I, I do a little sound mixing for some live bands down here in mm-hmm. Orlando. Oh, that's uh, cool. That's cool. Yeah. Well, so, you know, obviously, you know, it, it you, you kept your foot in the music, you know. Oh, and I, and I DJ. I forgot about that. Oh, you know, so. so. I, I got a pretty, I got a giant sound system and a pretty killer double deck and. I just did a thing with a band where I ran sound for them and DJed the breaks for the six-hour gig. It was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I keep a toe in the music water, you know. I never made it, but I love music. Like, how strong of a memory is sitting in a room watching Randy Rhodes? Oh, I, can, I, I was literally the guy right in front of him. I could see it like it was yesterday, man. It mm-hmm. was awesome. And there was a guy there. One thing that would come out of this would be great is there was a guy there that took my picture with him i gave him my address and he never sent me the picture i was so mad well we're gonna i'm gonna make sure that that gets noted (laughs) when this goes live because if that guy's out there you know you need to send you need to send uh, my buddy here his picture (laughs) he's one of the he's one of the 80 guys that went to this thing you know Looking at the photos that you sent me, and for those for anyone who's listening, they're going to get to see these photos that yeah that Pat sent me, and it literally almost took my breath away because we're so accustomed to seeing Randy Rhodes larger than life and on stage, you know, with the polka dot flying V and the leather and the huge stage, and then all of a sudden you see him and he's this humble, young, I mean, just like his face just looks like 
the epitome of just peace. Do you know what I mean? Like he was such a calm demeanor, no ego. He wasn't. He didn't look loud, and he's he just looked gracious, taking photos with people and signing people's guitars and whatnot. And that must have been such a great experience for you to be able to experience that. That was the greatest uh, guitar experience I've ever had. You know, super was super nice to everybody. You know, I think that he was ultimately a, a going to be and was a teacher of music. He just liked spreading music, teaching music. He said during the seminar he was taking lessons at the time, and we were like, you're taking lessons? You know what I mean? That's the kind of guy he was. He loved music, wanted to go as deep as he could, and wanted to spread it. it you know, you, he said, ask me anything, please. I'm not good at seminars. I don't, I'm embarrassed, actually. So the more questions, the better. And they would, they literally asked him, I, I was kind of impressed with the microscopicness of the questions about particular teeny little parts of how the heck do you do this, you know? I think one of the things I was also impressed with, too, is I loved hearing people ask him questions about his gear and, like, his effects, and which kind of shows you how how far we've come you know with technology where he was like oh i'm starting to have more effects up front now you know and then not so much and like nowadays it's like it's the other way around it's like people want no effects up front they want them all in the back you know what i mean and so i always thought that was really entertaining to hear him talk about that you know I wonder how many MXR gold boxes he sold. Everyone I knew after that had one. Everyone. <laughs> I think in the 80s, when I was a kid, I was a subscriber to Guitar for the Practicing Musician. And I remember yeah. when they did the Randy Rhodes. It was, like, it was like a Randy Rhodes tribute. It was like an anniversary of his death or whatever. And after that, I knew so many kids who had Jackson Flying Vs, you know what I mean? Oh, and, yeah. and they had the Jackson Vs, and you know, then they were and they were all trying to learn D on the acoustic. And I just remember thinking, like, like even years later, he was inspiring like a whole generation of guitar players. Yeah, he put the polka dot in rock and roll. That's still going on. I've noticed. <laughs> he really <laughs> did. The story doesn't end with a clinic. Obviously, the story continues. So, was it two years later? It was 84? Um, yeah, it was two years later. And it was Bark at the Moon tour. So, tell, tell, tell me about how that happened. Because this is, this is like to me, like a really integral part of the story. Oh, yeah, this was cool. So, now, when he did the, uh, the uh, seminar, I didn't go to the concert. They were playing the, the diary concert. So mm-hmm. I just went to the thing and then I had to go home. But two years later after he passed and that, and I went to the, that concert. And so we went down early and I uh, had a friend that lived near in Pittsburgh. So we were hanging out at his apartment, you know, partying a bit, pre-concerted it up. And then we said, hey, let's go down to the music store. We went down to the local music store and just to kill some time and, and then, they said while we were there that Ozzy's going to be there doing a meet and greet. And we were like, no kidding. And then you know, I had it with me. And, you know, we were just going to figure out the concert somehow. We'll figure a way to get it to him. But so we're in the store. And then they're saying, hey, Ozzy's coming here. So we're like, shoot, we get two hours to kill. We just kind of looked at records and you know, dicked around in a music store. It wasn't that hard. And uh, by the time Ozzy got there, it was such a mad house that it blew the front of the store out there broke all the the window front turned away turned away thousands of people and we were already in there so 
we were early in the line, got in line, and then a bunch of pictures with him and, you know, autographs and such. And then I gave him the tape. And when I hand him the tape, there was, a, there was like a, a roadie, a big roadie standing on each side of him. He was sitting at a table and they kind of had their arms folded, you know. And, and I said, hey, I got this tape of Randy Rhodes that I made two years ago. And he was like, and I looked at him like big eyes, like, what? And I looked up at the roadie and he goes, does he speak on it? And I looked down like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I said, yeah, he talks a lot. He plays the guitar, teaches us parts. And then he was like, and I looked back up to the guy like, I don't understand where, you know, and he, (laughs) the roadie could translate everything he said, like nothing, you know, so that was my conversation with Ozzy. (laughs) so i gave him a copy of that tape which was the only copy i ever gave out and i Mm -hmm. put my name and phone number on it hoping that ozzy would like you know send me a cool t-shirt or something or call me and say wow this is really great you know amazing but i never really heard from him and so that's how the the that tape entered the universe was how i went from me giving it to ozzy to like you said it's gone worldwide and uh, which is amazing to me to learn, you know, years later. When I go back and I think about these great bootlegs that I have of like Zeppelin and in 73 or 70, whatever, you know, that I, I'm like, you know, somebody actually recorded this and somehow it made it into my collection you know grateful dead bootlegs like some some dude recorded this with his gear and put gave it to friends and it just went mass trading and very rarely do you actually ever find the source of this and i can't tell you how happy i am that i actually was able to find you the source of this incredible gift that you've given to what has lovingly become known as Randy Files. Is that what it's what it's become, huh? That's what they call them, Randy Files. Yeah, seriously. Like, it's a really cool thing to be able to talk to you and to hear the stories firsthand. I guess, you know, in closing this out, like, where are you with it right now these days? And as far as like, like, do you, do you ever go back and listen to it yourself? Or like, or have you, have you like digitized it so you don't have to play the tape or anything like that? Or... Well, that's the thing, man. I haven't listened to it in decades. Yeah. I'm going, I have a friend, actually one of the guys I run the sound for, he has a studio, so I'm going to go get him to digitize this thing. I'm praying that it still even plays because I've heard magnetic tapes can just disappear. Oh, man. Uh, That would be terrible. But so in in a good way, it's out there in digital now. So. Right, right. But I'm, I'm hoping it plays it and, and, uh, yeah, I plan on digitizing it. Well, I, I think it's in some kind of museum. How about you? You know what? Yeah. I totally think so. I mean, I honestly think that this is like rock and roll Hall of Fame material. Like, this is the kind of stuff that I feel like. Like, I, that, that's, the, that's the pick that he played that guitar seminar with. I made sure to buzz right, in, you know, because I was right in front of him. I said, hey, can I have the pick to play that with? I wanted that bad and got it to 
really easy. I just love that it was like the guitar places pick, but you know what? Back then, a lot of bands didn't have like personalized picks unless you were like Kiss. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, he probably just said, "Hey, you guys got a pick?" <laughs> I'm sure he did. I'm sure he reached his hand in that little pick punch bowl and found one and was like, "Okay, yeah, this will do." You know? <laughs> yeah. So when you think about that, man, that is the pick that he that's on that tape, man, that he used. Isn't that cool? I mean, that is amazing. So, like, what a story you have there. And again, like, just to kind of revisit it, like, looking back on it now and after talking with me today, is there, like, a little sense of pride there that you're like, yeah, I captured that? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's one of the greatest things I've ever done, you know, as far as historically. Mm-hmm. I, I did something pretty damn cool. <laughs> By, you know, inadvertently, but nonetheless, like, wow, I, I did this. I am proud, and I, I you know, I'm not... I'm not that young anymore. I want to make sure it ends up somewhere where it should be, like some kind of rock and roll museum or something that I think it should be in, so... Well, you know what I think would be fantastic would be if if somehow we could get a hold of of Ozzy and his camp and make him aware of you and that you are the one that actually did all this. And I think it would be a great thing to... Yeah, let me just say this. And the reason I didn't do... When this happened, right picture this so i i had this thing and me and my friends are listening to it over over and over again and we're learning all the parts so i get this thing and we're, we're loving it i mean obviously just enamored with randy rhodes and then he gets killed so I, i'm devastated and the reason that i never did anything with it was i didn't want to, i said i will not profit off of his death at the time mtv had an all call out there hey if anybody has anything on randy rhodes please contact this number because and they ended up, you know, they did a little special, but all they had was rock stars talking about them. Right. You know, if I would have, I could have easily sold them that tape, but I didn't. <laughs> so that that was kind of one thing was I, I just felt that way at the time. I'm like, I don't want to profit off of. Well, no, I mean, I think that's a great thing that, that I mean, like you said, that you didn't want to profit off of it because as corny as it sounds, like, you know. Yeah, I kind of cherished it, you know, and I'm like, it's priceless. Like you can't put a price on that kind of thing, you know. I mean, that's that's that that's something that no one has. Like even Ozzy himself has a copy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he doesn't even have the original. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I would love to somehow, try, like I said earlier, try to reach out to maybe Ozzy's camp or something and see if we could see if see if we could get you on the map because I think it's really important that at least people know the source of where this great thing came from, and that people like myself and all of my friends who for years drooled over this thing we can't thank you enough for for being there to capture it and that that's what i can that's what i can leave you with is just a big thank you and i'm glad i tracked you down hey, it was great to talk with you man i i'm glad you're enthusiastic about it and love it as uh, and to learn that it has a life of that it has and i i made that it's just super awesome marathon well, I appreciate it, Pat. And like I said, this thing is obviously going to just keep living because, you know, I posted about it on my blog, you know, just for the anniversary of, you know, of his death. And like I said, this is going to be something that's going to be around probably longer than we are. And, you know, you've, you've created this incredible 
time capsule of his of rock history you know and so i think i think i can speak for everybody and every randy rhodes fan who's heard this that um that we appreciate you having the thought to actually be the one to capture it you're welcome pat thank you so much for uh taking the time to talk to me today and like i said man we're gonna we're, we're, we're gonna we're gonna see if we can work on this and uh m- maybe we can get ozzy in on this a little bit <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool i'm a fan <laughs> well you know now that he, now that you can actually understand what he says maybe y'all can have a good conversation about it <laughs> hey did you notice on the tape that i was the one that asked him if ozzy really bit a bat's head off <laughs> yes i did that was me <laughs> How, what was randy's reaction when you asked him that by the way uh, he just busted out laughing, and then everybody laughed, and then he just says, I'm going to leave that up to your imagination. <laughs> <laughs> I just love but he that. He wouldn't answer the question. He, wouldn't, he was too gentlemanly to answer that question. Pat, again, thank you so much for sharing your story and for sh- sharing this with me and with, uh, with my listeners, and I think this is going to be something that's really going to shed some light on, on what was once a very – yeah mysterious kind of legend and now we've traced the source so thank you again for being on the show and for sharing all your information with us all right buddy i appreciate it thank you so much pat and we will talk again soon my friend all right okay thanks bye-bye 